1: You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. Alright, I'm John Chapman. Thanks for joining us on the 49ers Rush Podcast. Today we are going to pick up where we left off last time, and that's with the greatness that is Reuben Foster. If you missed our last podcast, we went through the trade details, background, character, kind of a whole bunch of fun, entertaining details about Ruben Foster, and today we're going to get straight into film breakdown, scheme fit, pros and cons in his game, and all that stuff. So here we go. Here's where it gets good. Let's get to the good news about Ruben Foster. He won the Buckus Award for best linebacker in the nation this past year. Some of my scouting notes here. He doesn't make the fastest decisions at the snap of the ball, like it. It's funny. You'll push play on his film, and you'll see people start moving, and you'll see Foster kind of stuck. And you can kind of see that gerbil running on the wheel up in his head, and as soon as he recognizes what's happening, he reacts faster to the ball, better than anybody I've ever watched on film. It's not even close. And so, again, he has this slow first step, which is okay. So if you're teaching middle linebacker play, Usually what you're going to do is a flat foot read or a downhill read, which means you stand and wait. And once you're sure what the play is, you go lightning quick and you knock out whatever you got to knock out downhill. And so the positive that you can say about Reuben Foster here, even though it takes him maybe a little bit longer to diagnose or recognize the play, zero false steps. If he's going somewhere, he's going with a purpose which is absolutely amazing from an inside linebacker uh, perspective. Um, He's an absolute monster of a hitter. Uh, he, (laughs) He tries to hurt somebody every single play. And if you go back to some of his early film, his freshman and sophomore year, he was an absolute knockout special teams player. He destroyed people. And whenever he would come down, he would light them up and, I mean, the funny thing is he doesn't even break down on special teams. He understands angles very, very well. So whenever the small shifty guy is cutting and setting up blocks and all that stuff, Reuben Foster sees through that. It's like everybody else is playing checkers and he's playing chess and he understands where the goal of this play is. And he runs downhill and blows it up. Now, again, here's what's crazy is that everybody on that team, which if you look at the Alabama defensive front, and back end, you're talking seven to eight first and second rounders within a two-year span, and he was the leader last year and this year. Um, everybody fed off of everything. that His energy carried the entire team, and whenever he made a play or whatever happened, the entire team turns to him. If you watch the film after a play's over, you'll see defensive linemen, corners, secondary, everybody, they turn to him, and he controls everything. Absolute great feel for the game. I mean, just exceptional. One thing that was very interesting, Nick Saban's defense are always fun to watch because it's almost like watching pros play against college kids. One in physicality, but also two in scheme. Uh, You won't find anybody that will say anything negative about Nick Saban's uh, scheme. And what they would do is they would walk all outside linebackers up (laughs) on the line of scrimmage, so it almost looks like a gap defense. So every gap defense is covered, and there's only one man playing back from the line of scrimmage, and that's Reuben Foster. And that's just kind of the way that they they saw him and valued him, is they said, hey, everybody maintain your gap. If anybody makes a mistake, Reuben Foster's going to clean it up. And (laughs) he held true. He held his part. And there was zero question on what was going to happen if somebody got through. Uh, what's funny is in times where offensive lineman, center, guard, tackle, uh, gets to the second level and tries to seal him off, he almost ignores them. It, it's rather comical at times. Probably the best seal block I saw on him um, was against LSU. And so you would see linemen come up, and they would get in his way, but he just kind of walks around them and uses his hand so they can't touch him. What's funny is he never looks at the guard. You'll see his eyes almost painted on that ball carrier. And anything in between it just doesn't really matter to him. And so whenever they come off to get him, it doesn't matter. He just goes straight around him. Next thing, amazing blitzer from the linebacker spot. It is crazy. Uh, you know, I, I, I said one of the negatives. I don't really want to call it that is it takes him a little bit a little while to diagnose the play but whenever you call a blitz from that linebacker position oh my gosh he closes the space from about 3 to 4 yards uh, behind the line of scrimmage to the ball carrier better than anybody I've ever seen and it doesn't matter if his guys in the way offensive linemen are in the way traffic is in the way he is going straight through that and it's not even close and i'd be willing to say that his The best part of Reuben Foster's game is when he flies through traffic. You'll see a bunch of guys kind of falling down and pulling guards and stunts. It doesn't matter. If somebody's in his way, and it doesn't matter if it's John Allen, who's gigantic, uh, drafted in the first round actually way before him, he's running through his own guys. It doesn't matter. There is no stopping this guy whenever he sees the play that he's going to get. And in pass coverage, he's definitely not a liability as well. I see him kind of playing that will spot for us. I see Navarro Bowman playing Mike, and I see Reuben Foster playing that will spot. And the main reason why I say that is, one, Navarro Bowman can call all of the plays, but two, Reuben Foster in pass coverage, not a bad idea because he understands the routes that they are running underneath. And so if you go back and watch the Alabama film, he is cutting off routes on the regular Not necessarily because of speed, which we don't know what his speed is because he never ran a 40 at the Combine because he got kicked out. We'll talk about that in a minute. But his speed shows up on film. And because he has this anticipation and film prep, it shows in the passing game. Also, if you look at him playing the will, man, he understands how to wall the receiver off from coming inside. So let me try to explain that kind of pass concept and pass coverage concept. If you have trips to a side, okay, so that means three wide receivers to one side. You have your outside guy that's covered by the corner. You have your number two guy, which is going to be covered by your nickel slot corner. And then you have your number three guy, which is usually kind of a slot receiver. He's going to be covered usually in a tandem with the safety and the will linebacker. Well, what you cannot do is in this situation, your backside corner, which is going to be away from the three wide receivers, is going to be in an island with one receiver and half the field to cover. Um, Now, they might send a running back out there or whatever. Regardless, the idea is this. If you've got one-on-one with the receiver and a cornerback on the backside, he has a lot of ground to cover. And so he has to focus all of his attention on that number one receiver. And usually what NFL teams will do is they'll send A.J. Green out by himself on that backside corner, and they'll send all the other trash to the trip side. And they're going to say, you know what? There is no way you have a corner that can cover A.J. Green, and I don't think there is a corner like that in the NFL. But the biggest problem with that is, let's say your corner does his job and actually blankets A.J. Green. If another one of those receivers from the trip side finds his way across to that backside, you've got a world of issues. And one of the things that Ruben Foster does better than anybody is he basically creates a wall, which means let's say that number three wide receiver on the trip side tries to run a drag route across the defense over into that vacated area where it's that one-on-one A.J. Green versus your number one corner. There's so much space. Ruben Foster does not allow this. And what you do is you create a wall. If you hit the receiver, that's obviously going to be a penalty. But if you open up your hips and basically create a wall and say the receiver has to run through you to get to that vacated spot, that's never a penalty. And if you go back, you see game and game and game again of him understanding this concept and stopping that from happening. And he'll allow that receiver. It's almost like running a basketball pick. If you're going to go over there, you got to go through me. And he stops that. Great. Now, the other big thing in the Trips coverage, and again, why I love Reuben Foster at will, is if that number three wide receiver to the Trips side runs a vertical, straight up the field, basically straight up the hash. Well, that's the assignment of the will linebacker to run with that guy vertical. And so you're talking a Julian Edelman type guy running a seam route. Well, you cannot find a piece of film where Reuben Foster gets burnt by that number three wide receiver. And so you got to keep in mind, this guy has already played in our scheme. Reuben Foster has already dominated the hardest part of our entire scheme in pass coverage. And so he is plug-and-play ready. Obviously, you can see I'm pretty excited about this guy. It's going to be absolutely great to see what he's going to do. Now, uh, my NFL comparisons with him, <laughs> I called him Deion Jones meets Mike Tyson. It's not enough to say he can do everything Deion Jones can do, which he can do everything he can do, but he can knock you out. He is an absolute madman. Now, let's look at some of the 49ers stats from last year. The 49ers were last in the NFL for rushing attempts, uh, rushing yards allowed, rushing first downs, and rushing touchdowns. We are last place in all of those. Now, let's take it a step further. The 49ers rushed defense in 2016. We gave up an average. This is uh, makes me so sick to my stomach. We gave up an average of 165.9 yards per game rushing. Okay, now, if you don't know what that means, that's okay. Let me just put this in perspective. We gave up 165.9. The next worst, 31st worst in the NFL was Miami Dolphins, and they gave up 142 yards per game. So we gave up 23 basically 24 yards per game more than the second to last place. Now, historically, if we look at this, this is the most yards rushing allowed per game all the way since 2010 in the Chicago Bears. So you're talking seven years. We are the worst rush defense in the NFL. Now, if <laughs> if everything pans out with the Reuben Foster, that shit ain't happening again. I'm telling you right now. Now, the critiques... Let's look at the negative concerns with Reuben Foster. and We're going to go through this kind of quick. I know we're going kind of long here, but uh, if you can't tell already, I'm very passionate about this guy. Number one, the biggest critique and negative criticism of Reuben Foster is his shoulder injury. He has a torn rotator cuff in his right shoulder. and This is a big reason why he couldn't work out at the combine. He had surgery in early February. Now, let's throw everything out. Let's say you have surgery in early February, and that's typically a four-month recovery which would put him ready for minicamp, no issues whatsoever. Now the problem is, there's a lot of NFL teams that knocked him on their medical checks and said, I think he's going to need another medical surgery. Now, the 49er team doctor, Jeff Ferguson, they asked him, right after they made the trade, John Lynch said, hey, are you sure you're okay with Ruben Foster's shoulder? And the team, again, this is Jeff Ferguson, our main team doctor, says, what shoulder? He's good, coach. And so I I want to be on the side of the 49ers and trust them that they did their due diligence and that he is going to be okay. We'll just have to see on that. Number two main negative thing about him, he had a diluted urine sample at the combine. Now, a couple things. One, this does not register as a positive test. And it does not put him in the first phase of the substance abuse program for the NFL. So he will be tested from four to six months. And if zero hits take place, diluted, mis-test or positive drug test, um, if we can escape those from four to six, he doesn't enter phase one, which means his first suspension would be automatic four games. He gets bumped back to phase zero. So we're hoping that happens. Now let's talk a little bit about what Foster said and why it came back diluted. Reuben Foster said that he got diarrhea right before the combine and got sick. Uh, throw up, diarrhea, lost weight, uh, just really didn't feel good. And he was really concerned because it was a criticism of what his weight would show up, that he would show up light and maybe not be able to handle the linebacker role. So, what again, this is, this is not me. This is Reuben Foster's words. He said... He drank everything and ate everything that he could find, straight water and Gatorade, and tried to eat and drink everything he could so he could get back to that weight, which registered as a diluted sample. Didn't say that there was marijuana in it. Now the critics are going to say that kid smoked weed, and I totally get that. I understand that concept. I get get why they're saying that. Only time's going to tell. If he can clear four to six months without a positive test, and go back to phase zero, then I think we're in the clear on this one. Um obviously we don't want like a Le'Veon Bell or gosh God forbid a Josh Gordon type situation here. Now the third thing, again that same week, he got kicked out of the combine. Which it doesn't really even make sense and you don't really hear about these things. So what did he get kicked out of the combine for? He was waiting in line For his medical checkups, which is kind of the league doctors doing these tests on different prospects that have issues. And sending out their information to all 32 teams. And so apparently this is a messed up process. It took a very, very long time. And he got really, really pissed off. Now, I'm okay with all of those things. He pulled, Ruben Foster said, do you know who I am? (laughs) To an intern working this medical combine. And it did not go over well. Uh, I guess he didn't answer with, Sorry, sir, please come this way. Uh, Basically came across with, I don't give a shit who you are. Let's see what we got. And it ended up with these two people, Reuben Foster and this intern, getting face-to-face, yelling at each other, pushing before other people got in and broke it up. And the NFL took the side of the intern and kicked Reuben Foster out of the combine, which is insane. One just because we kicked out maybe a top 10 prospect. But two, on top of that, Reuben Foster, because of being kicked out, missed 16 scheduled team interviews because of that. And maybe this was a big reason why he fell. Now, Nick Saban, his college coach, came out uh, after this, which you can take this for what you will. I'm not the biggest Nick Saban uh, person fan as a coach. He's amazing. Um, he said, basically, Reuben Foster is not going to be a candy striper. But is a great team guy and really liked by all of his teammates. Um, So take that for what you will. Hopefully, we get the Ruben Foster that is the downhill beast and one of the top inside linebacker prospects we've had in five years, probably since Luke Kuechly. I don't want to put him on that level, but his film is better than Luke Kuechly's. I will say that. Hopefully, he stays clean. Hopefully, he does stay clean and off of the drug prevention, uh, the drug, the substance abuse program. And we get a player with him and Ruben Foster, and we stop this terrible rushing defense. So that is pick number two. Uh, I'll be back and covering the next two 49ers picks on the next podcast with Akilah Witherspoon, quarterback out of Colorado, and C.J. Bathard out of Iowa, the quarterback that we traded up for. So stay tuned. If you have any questions whatsoever, you can hit me up on Twitter. Is JL underscore Chapman, JL underscore C-H-A-P-M-A-N. Uh, I'll answer any questions you got on the podcast, and that's just a great place to have a conversation anyway. So stop by, say hey. Uh, Thanks for listening to the 49ers Rush podcast. You guys have a good one.
0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.